Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Gorgeous morning out here in L.A. Great to be back on the radio. Gotta say, I got more Twitter DMs, Instagram messages, text messages. Dude, how are you not on the radio last weekend? The Jets got Sam Darnold. Oh. Folks, I had a uh, camping trip that was planned well in advance. Couldn't do anything about it. Had a lot of fun camping, but oh, man. Listen, it's probably better you didn't have me last weekend because I would have done two and a half hours on the Jets and Sam Darnold. Uh, And yes, thank you for that, Danny G. But uh, listen, I am fired up today. We still will do a lot of NFL today, and that's mostly because the NBA playoffs have stunk. Yeah, that's right. I said it. They've stunk. Uh, there's a lot of stuff left over from the NFL draft. There's actually some breaking-ish NFL news from yesterday we're going to get to momentarily. Big-time quarterback popping off. And listen, it's the NFL offseason. They're trying to create storylines like the NBA and, you know, keep it year-round. We know what the NBA is like in the summer. 
And listen, the NFL is looking to make some noise this summer too. But I do have to start in the NBA because, you know, listen, I was excited to talk NBA playoffs today. I thought, okay, maybe the Jazz will throw a chaos grenade into the playoffs and take a lead on the Rockets. And, um, yeah, that game was over in about five minutes. Houston went up by 10 points in literally the first three minutes, and it was lights out. Never single digits again. I, I think I switched the channel to Back to the Future instead of watch the second half of that blowout. And I've seen Back to the Future like 74 times. Amazing movie. Uh, I don't know how much time I should spend on the Warriors. Seriously, I mean, I don't like when people boil the NBA down to make or miss league, but that's kind of the reality, isn't it? Pelicans made shots last night. They had a couple guys come off the bench. Solomon Hill, okay? When Solomon Hill and Ian Clark are dropping bombs, I think they hit six threes in the first half. Okay, you know that it's their night. I don't put a lot of stock in that. Warriors didn't shoot well. Uh, but again, you know, this is one game. Much ado about nothing. I do want to say, Anthony Davis, you know, for the last couple years, he's been a really talented player. He's finally emerging as, okay, this guy's a top five player in the NBA. Everybody was squawking about Giannis. All season, Giannis is killing it. Oh, he's so good. He's going to be the next LeBron. Like, stop. Okay? Giannis couldn't get out of the first round against a beat-up Celtics team. Anthony Davis swept Portland. Anthony Davis has been tremendous. He is definitely cementing himself as a top-five player in the league. I do think the Warriors win game four. They actually play some defense. They make some threes. And they close it out in five. Utah, I, I mean, really. Uh, Donovan Mitchell... So, so good in Game 2 and then really did nothing in Game 3. Struggled from the field. Houston, I guess, was like, okay, let, let's not choke. Let, let's not put Chris Paul and Mike D'Antoni and James Harden in a bad spot. Let's win. So we kind of move on. And today's games, listen, I'm not that excited about it. I got to keep it 100 with you guys. I'm actually going. I already have tickets to see Avengers Infinity War. I, have, I want no part of LeBron's Game 3 against Toronto. That series is over. Okay, I told our producer that uh, I'm going to take some shots at Toronto, and I know nobody cares about the Raptors, nor should they. But I have never seen a bigger group of choking dogs than I have Toronto. I mean, seriously, I am absolutely done with hearing a word about the Toronto Raptors ever again in the regular season. I don't care if they peel off 25 straight wins next year. It doesn't matter. It matters not what these guys do in the regular season. Because they're choke artists when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, if you watch game one, they gagged up the fourth quarter. They missed like 15 layups and then lose in overtime. I mean, LeBron was practically talking trash in the fourth and overtime. He was that confident against Toronto. So I don't care about that series. I actually would not have uh, disagreed if Toronto said, you know what? It's 2-0. I don't want to get on a plane and go to Cleveland. We wave the white flag. And, and don't laugh because... Uh, I know what you're going to say. Well, qu quitters never win and winners never quit. No, that's wrong. Okay? Winners quit all the time. They quit the right stuff at the right time. And Toronto, go ahead and quit. It's over. LeBron's in your head. It's another season where you're just going to get dusted in the playoffs. I don't want to hear about it. I will never again take the Toronto Raptors seriously. I don't care if Drake is their coach. I don't care if they somehow get Paul George or Giannis in free agency or whatever. I, I want nothing to do with the Toronto Raptors. Just don't say their name. I'm going to see the Avengers movie today. 
Good luck, Cleveland, in winning by, I don't know, 15, 20. What do you think they win by, Danny? 20, 25 today? I mean, seriously, Kyle Lowry, bro. DeMar DeRozan, just, just stop, guys. Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. I was hearing for months, Dwayne Casey's the coach of the year. Bro, they are the biggest frauds in the NBA. But what if Van Vliet has like 31? Stop! Stop it! I don't want to hear about Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> a nice Fred Van Vliet reference. Hey, he had a good season. I'm done with the Raptors. Uh, the only series that I have any interest in the NBA, and again, we're going to get to the NFL here shortly, is Sixers Celtics. Uh, I, ben Simmons pulled one of the great vanishing acts in NBA playoff history. I'm not kidding. I know he's a rookie, but the dude took four shots. I mean, he's, got, he's a rookie of the year. He took four shots, didn't make a basket. I don't know what was going on. I guess he tried to get his teammates involved, and um, that worked in the first half, and then he didn't know how to suddenly get himself in the game. I think he rebounds today with a uh, triple-double. I think the Sixers win, and that becomes a series. But let's move on to a real story in sports. I- I'm not kidding, guys. The NBA playoffs have been bad. Other than the Pacers stretching that series to seven against Cleveland, it hasn't been that fun. I'm just glad Steph Curry's back. So that's why we're going to quickly pivot to the NFL. And what I think is kind of a big story, Ben Roethlisberger, almost unprompted, is now going on radio stations in Pittsburgh and blasting his team for drafting a quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger basically blasted his GM wondering why on earth they would draft the quarterback in the third round instead of somebody who can help the team. And we actually have the audio Danny fired up for us. I was surprised when they took a quarterback because I, I thought that maybe in the third round, you know, you can get some really good football players that can help this team now. And nothing against Mason. I think he's a great football player. I don't know him personally, but I'm sure he's a great kid. I just don't know how, you know, backing up or being in the third round, who knows where he's going to fall in the depth chart, but helps us win now. But, you know, that's, not my decision to make. You know, that's on the coaches and the, the, the GM and all and those kind of things. So if they feel like he can help our team, so be it. But I was a little surprised. Wow. I mean, Ben, the calendar's May. You're taking shots at your team already? Okay, you guys know I'm very pro player. Get the money you can. The windows are short. I always side with the players against the billionaire owners, okay? But in this case, Ben Roethlisberger's wrong. I mean, he's dead wrong. First of all, it is smart draft strategy to take a quarterback every year. I don't care how old your quarterback is. I I don't care if he's the MVP of the league. His health is irrelevant. It's smart business to draft quarterbacks every year, and the reason is simple. Okay, Quarterbacks have the most currency of any player in sports. They impact the point spread more than any other player. Okay? And when you go on the trade market, you can flip quarterbacks, sometimes for a haul. You saw what the Patriots, uh, this is what the Patriots do, right? Remember they drafted Jacoby Brissett. He looked good in one game. All right, let's flip him. Let's, Let's see what we can get. Patriots also had Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's flip him. Let's see what we can get. I mean, they didn't get a big enough haul, but that's a larger story. I just believe it's smart business to take quarterbacks all the time. Listen, you need a capable backup. Do you need me to go over what Nick Foles did in the playoffs, eventually winning Super Bowl MVP? So the Steelers were smart to draft Mason Rudolph in the third round. Now, I'm not super high on uh, Mason Rudolph, the kid out of Oklahoma State. If you've listened to this show at all, you know one thing. I do not like Big 12 quarterbacks, okay? They all have stunk in the NFL. RG3 had a good rookie year. 
Ryan Tannehill has had a few moments. But by and large, Big 12 quarterbacks have been awful in the NFL. Yes, we'll get to Baker Mayfield later. But this is the second straight year the Steelers have drafted a quarterback. They got Josh Dobbs from Tennessee in the fourth round last year. And if you go back to 2013, they drafted Landry Jones out of Oklahoma. That's smart business. Now, Jones hasn't panned out. We haven't seen Dobbs in regular season action yet. And and who knows what's going to become of Rudolph. But Big Ben has to have some self-awareness here. He's still a top-five quarterback. But tell me the last time Ben Roethlisberger showed up at camp in tip-top shape. All shredded, eating right, you know, working out all summer. He's not Tom Brady. He's not TB12. Drew Brees always comes into camp in great shape. Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up looking, you know, like he could stand to lose 10 pounds. So I got to side with the Steelers here. And finally, Ben Roethlisberger, and, I, and I'm a fan, okay? I, I like what Ben Roethlisberger's accomplished in Pittsburgh. He's turned around his career after some really ugly off-season stuff. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger's been a great quarterback. For him to say that the Steelers are, uh, you know, a player away from helping them. Dude, you really think a third-round pick is going to put you over the Patriots? I mean, come on. You're not getting Von Miller, okay, or J.J. Watt or someone of that ilk in the third round. It's not realistic. So Ben Roethlisberger, listen close, buddy. Control what you can control. You're not the GM. You're not the coach. You have no impact on the draft. You're 36 years old. Get on a diet. Hit the weight room. Show up in tip-top shape and lead this franchise back to the Super Bowl. Okay? They they will worry about the draft, the front office. Okay? And if you get hurt again, and we know you've had nagging injuries the last few years, whether it's a knee, uh, back, whatever it has been, you've missed a few games here. The Steelers are protecting their investment, okay, in Roethlisberger, getting ready for life after Ben. And let's remember, Ben Roethlisberger last offseason was talking about retirement. So, Ben, listen, I usually side with the players. You're way, way out of bounds here. You've got all the pieces on offense. The defense, eh, we'll see. But you guys aren't one player away from overtaking the Patriots in the AFC. So control what you can control, Ben Roethlisberger, and we'll be fine. All right, folks, we got a big, big show today. Uh, I know we made some waves here going after Baker Mayfield the last month or so leading up to the draft. And he went first overall. But coming up next, folks, have you ever been car shopping? You know how you go in knowing exactly what you want, you know your price range, and then some smooth-talking salesman, some used car salesman who talks you into something else? Well, there was a quarterback in the NFL draft who did that to an NFL team. I'll tell you who that is. Next. Oh, yeah. Well, big pun, huh? Danny G, bringing the noise and the funk. I'm your host, ladies and gentlemen, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We got Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback coming up in 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Did you see his piece, folks, on Josh Rosen and how teams thought of him leading up to the draft? It's just, it's borderline character assassination. People just hate, people just hated Josh Rosen. I, I don't get it. We'll talk to Albert Breer about that in 10 minutes. Uh, we've got an NBA player. I'll keep him a mystery man for now. Joining us at 
high noon on the East Coast. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. on the East Coast, so in uh, about 40 minutes. Uh, but for now, listen, I, I have to talk about what happened in the draft with this Baker Mayfield situation. I don't know if you guys saw this story, uh, but the Browns front office basically is comprised of John Dorsey at the top, and he's got a bunch of lieutenants underneath him. And one of his lieutenants, a guy by the name of Alonzo Highsmith, some of you may remember him, University of Miami, he played in the NFL, he is Dorsey's right-hand man, okay? And the Cleveland Browns front office right-hand man of the GM went public this week and said, hey, I watched college football all season, and Sam Darnold was my number one quarterback beginning to start at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. Sam Darnold was number one on my draft board. Okay, so the body of work, the tape, the football, Sam Darnold. So how did the Browns let Baker Mayfield jump Sam Darnold? And here's the answer. They brought in Baker Mayfield for an interview. And essentially, he snowed him. You guys have heard of a snow job, right? You come in, you say what they want to hear, you really sell yourself. And Baker Mayfield won the room, and they went, oh, this guy, this is a leader of men. We need him. Yeah, he was the second-best quarterback all season to Sam Darnold. But, man, that, he, he's a heck of a talker. I, 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 this is why, everybody, the Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. You could bring in the analytics people. You could bring in the football guy like Dorsey. It don't matter. They're going to screw it up. I mean, the Jets... My New York Jets get a gift from the heavens. Sam Darnold falling third in the draft. I, I mean, this is, this is one of the greatest moments. I'm not even kidding you, folks. In Jets franchise history. There have not been a lot of great moments for the Jets. You had Namath winning a Super Bowl. You got Vinny Testaverde at like 40. Nah, it's more like 37. Leading them to an AFC uh, title game. They lost against the Broncos. Yeah, Mark Sanchez going to back-to-back AFC title games. I mean, Sam Darnold, pretty much going to be their first franchise quarterback in decades. So how did the Browns screw this up? Well, if you've been listening to me for the last month on this show, I've been telling you, listen, Baker Mayfield, he turned 23 in April. Think about your job. This is how you need to think about this. Think about when you were interviewing for jobs at 23 years old. Okay. You'd been in college, you had some maybe summer job experience, maybe you worked on campus. You were confident. Yeah, it's still a lot to learn, but you were confident at 23 years old. Now think back to when you were 20. Sam Darnold was 20 during these interviews. He's still 20. I think he turns uh, 21 next month. There's a gr- there was a great story, I forget what the outlet is in New York, where the Jets took out Sam Darnold to wine him and dine him and get to know him. At the dinner, they realized, oh, that's right, he's not even 21, he can't have alcohol. Sam Darnold went into these interviews, he's a timid dude. He's quiet. I mean, yeah, he's a California cool kid who likes to surf. But we're talking about a 20-year-old going into Cleveland, meeting with all these executives. He don't have the confidence that Baker Mayfield has in speaking with, you know, grown men. 23 and 20, there's a big difference there. And the other thing I've got to, and, I, and I've repeated this story a lot. I don't know who's hearing it for the first time, but I talk about the scorpion and the frog often. Baker Mayfield's a scorpion. 
And you know the story of the scorpion and the frog, right? The scorpion needs a ride across the river, asks the frog, hey, man, can I get a ride? And the frog wisely says, no way, you're going to sting me and kill me. And the scorpion goes, well, wait, why would I do that? If I sting you, we'll both die. And the frog's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll give this guy a chance, sure. Halfway across the river, the scorpion just stings the frog. And the frog's dying and looks up and says, dude, why'd you do that? We're both going to die. And the scorpion says, well, I'm a scorpion. That's, that's what I do. That's who I am. I couldn't help myself. The moral of the story being, if it's your nature to sting things, as it is the nature of a scorpion, you're going to sting whatever there is. Baker Mayfield's a scorpion. I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying this is who he is. He's a hothead who, when they took away his job, he lost it because of injury, and then he was going back to try to get it. At Texas Tech, he ranted at Kingsbury, the coach, and said, I'm out of here. And so he transfers. So he goes to Oklahoma. What does he do? He does a throat slash gesture in the middle of the uh, playoff semifinal game at halftime. And they lose the game in the second half. He grabs his crotch. And again, none of this stuff is like undraftable, worst person in the world. Dude, he's on the sideline against Kansas and he's grabbing his crotch. He's getting hammered, as we've all done. A lot of us have been arrested on college campuses when we were in college. Young people do that. And he's trying to run from the cops. I'm telling you. This is who Baker Mayfield is. He, he's a bit of a hothead. He's a little cocky and arrogant. That's who he is. He's going to be like that in Cleveland. Anybody who thinks Baker Mayfield's suddenly going to grow a conscience and grow up and start to recede into the spotlight and be like, okay, hey, uh, it's cool. Good luck with that. The guy lives to talk trash. I mean, seriously, wh- who throws up a throat slash gesture before halftime of a playoff bowl game and then gags it away in the second half. I've got to ask you this, and and I know there's Browns fans out there who's going to be irate hearing this, but I like Cleveland's roster makeup. Tyrod Taylor is going to win that starting job. Hugh Jackson, the coach, is 1-31 in Cleveland. He absolutely has to win games to save his job. He knows that. John Dorsey, the GM, did not hire him. So if you're Hugh Jackson, how do you keep your job? You win games. Who's going to win you games? The 23-year-old rookie who's six feet tall, Baker Mayfield? Or Tyrod Taylor, the guy who doesn't turn the ball over and got the sad sack Buffalo Bills to the playoffs last year? They're going to ride with Tyrod Taylor. Now, yes, I'm going to even take this another step. I looked at the Brown schedule. It's manageable. There's a very good chance Tyrod Taylor could have these guys 6-4 and four going into the bye week. They're going to be in the playoff hunt. Take this to the bank. Cleveland's going to be in the playoff hunt. So now you got Tyrod Taylor, 6-4 and four Browns, and Baker Mayfield on the sideline being like, bro, you drafted me. Now I'm sitting here on the sidelines. I'm telling you, I can smell disaster in Cleveland. Now here's a fun fact I dug up. In the last decade, Danny G, if you want to offer your guess here, uh, I'll give you a shot. In the last decade, only one first-round quarterback has not started a game in his rookie season. The last decade. And I'll give you a hint. It's not Aaron Rodgers. That was earlier than a decade. Can You want to guess or no? It's a tough one. First-round quarterback did not start a game his rookie year. Wow. 
That's tough. Eric, you got anybody? No, it, it's it's very difficult. When you hear it, you'll be like, oh, Over that's right. Over a decade, right. that's just so many QBs. E.J. Manuel, oh. Buffalo Bills. Remember that bum? See, Buffalo did <laughs> something right, man. They did something Florida right. Florida State, right? They- he was the Raiders' backup recently. Yes, he was. Yeah, uh, yeah Raiders guy here, obviously. Um, I'm telling you, like, Baker Mayfield's going to be up against it this year. He's going to be like, dude, why am I not playing? He likes to pop off in the media. How is he going to handle not being the guy? The last time he wasn't the guy, just a reminder. Texas Tech, he said, I'm out of here. You know, if I'm not starting, bye. See ya. Um, I, I I have my concerns about Baker Mayfield. Good luck, Cleveland. And in, in, in final note here before we uh, go to Isaac for the, uh, for the news, stop with the Russell Wilson, Drew Brees stuff about Baker Mayfield, okay? If they had taken him in the second or third round, that's cool. Baker ran a 4-8-4-40, okay? That's Matt Stafford's speed. He, Russell Wilson is a 4-5 guy. Drew Brees, it took on his second team, he was drafted by the Chargers, when he landed in New Orleans, then he really popped. So this stuff about Baker Mayfield being Brees and Will, just stop it. You hear people bring that up, just shut it down. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback, his great piece on Josh Rosen. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest Good morning, Jason. We begin in the NBA playoffs Friday night where Anthony Davis had 33 points and 18 rebounds and Rajon Rondo 21 assists in the New Orleans Pelicans 119-100 to Game 3 victory over the world champion Warriors. Steve Kerr says on May the 4th, the force was with the Pelicans. They brought the necessary force to the game. as a team that just swept Portland in round one and on their home floor down 2-0. It's kind of what you expect, so... I just applaud them and uh, give them the credit that they deserve, and we got to come back and play better on Sunday. Golden State leads the series two games to one. The Houston Rockets went up two games to one over the Jazz with a 113-92 victory at Utah. James Harden and Eric Gordon had 25 apiece. In Major League Baseball Friday night, the Dodgers Walker Bueller and three relievers combined for history against the Padres in Monterey, Mexico. Here comes the pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. A no-hitter. The 26th no-hitter in Dodger history. The first combined no-hitter. And tonight, four for the price of one. Charlie sat of the call on AM570 LA Sports. Meanwhile, in Seattle, Albert Pujols of the Angels also made history. 1-0 pitch. There's a flare out to right field. And there it is. Hit number 3,000 for Albert Pujols. The call on Fox Sports West is the Angels won at 5-0. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Joining the show now to talk about his tremendous piece on Josh Rosen is Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback, the great Albert Breer. Albert, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Matt. Yeah, it's good to hear. I know you're happy. Uh, I'm sure your Buckeyes would have a spring game coming up. Uh, they're going to be another top ten team for That's your guy, already, Urban Meyer. Already in the books. And you know, I, I give you a name to watch for next year's draft potentially. The quarterback we have is has the potential to unlock a lot of things that have kind of held Ohio State back the last few years. Uh, his name is Dwayne Haskins. I, I, I hope he stays for a couple of years. But 
a lot of people in that program are talking about first-round potential for the for, for, for this quarterback. And next year, as you know, there aren't a lot of sure things. Like, there's no one who um, is at the level that Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold or Josh Allen were at this time last year. And so it's pretty wide open, and Haskins is a name for you to watch. I know you're already working on your 19. Yes, so t- t- 2019 draft stuff. So Dwayne Haskins, redshirt freshman out of Maryland. I will keep an eye on him, Albert. All right, I want to start with your uh, great story on Josh Rosen. Dude, uh, I, let, let's just first get this out of the way. This quote from an unnamed uh, what, yeah. GM, somebody in a front office somewhere, don't ever recruit a kid with a three-car garage and a long driveway. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what what era are we in, Al? That's that something out said, of, like, the no, 70s. No, I, I, honestly, that was, that was said in the draft room. Like, that was, that was said in the draft room. It's an old PPO quote. Um, as the prince, the old Princeton basketball. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting? I think a lot of people sort of picked that out of the story, and I tried to be as balanced as I could. That anecdote was just too good not to put at the top, you know. And obviously, top fire. I, I think. I think a lot of the problem for Josh Rosen here is um, he's been battling questions about his personality for three years, and I don't think it's necessarily that he comes from a wealthy background so much as. It's very, very easy to line up everything that every problem that teams have with his personality um, and his makeup and the way he got, around, got along with his teammates, and the way he clashed with coaches. It's very easy to take all that stuff and line it right up with his background and just say, you know what, this kid is an elitist, an arrogant, aloof, rich kid, you know, because it's just. If you look at all the questions that have been asked about him, and this is not a pre-draft thing. This is over the last two or three years these questions have been asked. It all lines right up with his background, and that's been a problem for him. you know. And so I think the questions about where he comes from and his background, I, I think as much as anything else, are one of those things where you, know, you add X to Y to Z, and teams looked at it and said, you know, maybe this issue, maybe there's a deep-seated issue for him that we're not going to be able to get him past. 3.8 grade point average at UCLA. Yep. Oh, oh, how, Albert, why is all of a sudden being smart and intelligent not, and wanting to read? How is okay. that perceived as negative? Well, all right, and I'll, I'll tell you this. Like here, Here's part of the issue, okay? And you'll hear stories about this. Like this and, and I think he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback. Yeah. Um, but you've heard the Cutler comparison, right? Like, we, we've heard that, like, personality-wise, there's some similarities to Cutler, right? So, one of the kind of hallmarks of Jay, and the problem that Jay had in the NFL, and he went through all those different coordinators, all those different quarterbacks, coaches, what people would tell you about Jay is that Jay would go into a place and he would start evaluating coaches. And if he did not think the coach was at the same level intellectually as him, he would completely shut them down. Oh. And... That's what Rosen's reputation is. And it's one thing to be that guy when you're, you know, 30, 35 years old. It's another thing to be that guy when you're 21. And so, you know, that reputation has followed Cutler from the time he was young. And it's, again, it's, it's, I know people have said, like, Brady's tough on coaches and Manning's tough on coaches. Well, yeah, they are, but they weren't that way when they were rookies. And, you know, Cutler was that way from the start. And that's why certain coaches have been able to reach him, like Jeremy Bates, Adam Gates. There's certain coaches that have been able to reach Jay, and then others haven't. And, like, I think that that's kind of the question. What Rosen, you bring him into your building, is he immediately going to start evaluating the coaches? And if, you know, he thinks that that coach isn't as smart as him, 
is he going to shut that coach down? It's a real question. You know, it's a very, very real question that you've got to ask if you're one of these teams. And, I mean, look, I, like, I don't think it's the best personality trait, to be honest with you. I, look, I think being – obviously, you know, you want your quarterback to be the smartest guy on your team, right? But if he isn't relating with people because he is that way – and that might not just be a problem with a coach or two. It might be a problem with everybody. You yeah. know? And so I, like, I just think that, that that sort of thing exists with him. Now, there's a contradiction there because he's been really good to some of his teammates, too. It's just there's just a lot there with Rosen that you've got to sort through. We're talking with Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. Uh, Albert, your guess, just a number here. How many starts does Josh Rosen have this year? We know that Sam Bradford's probably the starter Mike Glennon also on the roster. Right. Over under three starts for Rosen. I'll say over. Wow. Uh, okay. I'm a mild surprise. You know. You know. Here's the thing. Like, like, and I'd be happy to to after we get off the phone to text you a start that I've kind of kept over the last few years, um, and you can go through it. And it, it shows when each first round quarterback made his first start. There's only been really two true redshirted quarterbacks over the course of this decade. Um, one was Pat Mahomes last year, and then the last one before that was Jake Locker. Now, the only reason why Pat Mahomes, um, was they, the, the Chiefs were able to carry that out in this era, right? The only reason they were able to go through an entire year that way is because they were contending. Yeah. Most teams that draft quarterbacks that high aren't contending. And so you get to a point in the season where it's, well, let's just throw the kid in. And so I think your question with each of these guys, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Rosen or Allen or Mayfield, or Darnold, it's how long is that team going to be contending? Okay, if that guy isn't the week one starter, and I think some of these kids will be the week one starter, but if the kid's not the week one starter, how long is your team in contention? Because once your team falls out of contention, now all of a sudden the questions are going to start to come and you eventually wind up putting the kid in there. Gotcha. All right, we're talking with Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. All right, Albert, let me quickly ask you, uh, Saquon Barkley and Dave Gettleman. Gettleman ticked off the internet with his responses about why he didn't take a quarterback. I, I actually like their draft. I like what he's doing. Yeah. He likes to build from the inside out. But that all meant that Sam Darnold fell to my New York Jets. I'm going to ask you point blank. Will Sam Darnold have the Jets contending for a Super Bowl within four years? So much that depends on the environment yes. and who the coaches are and who the teammates are. I think Sam's going to be a really good player. Um, and I, I think what's unique about Darnold and look, I mean, I can tell you this point blank. Um, the Browns were the only team drafting in the top five who didn't have Sam as their number one quarterback. Oh, that, that, that's a great nugget. That's good I'll stuff. Just, I'll just tell you this. Like, the thing about Sam, the thing that's so interesting about Sam, right, is you've heard a lot. Like, he's got the, he's got the, the, the highest floor, right? And then the question is, where's his high end potential? And that's a fair question. Um, you know, I think the Jets believe that his arm's going to get stronger. And. I, I tell you, part of this is that he hasn't played quarterback for that long at all. He was a linebacker his sophomore year in high school. Yeah. He's not one of these kids who's like the classically trained, like from the time he was in the sixth grade. He's not one of these kids. Like when he was in high school, he was a multi-sport athlete, a great basketball player, and he just sort of figured out how to play quarterback on the fly. And he gets to USC and plays for three years there. And again, he's just sort of figuring it out. And so that's where I think the potential is with Darnold. It's like there's some stuff you're going to be able to clean up that like a lot of other kids coming into the pros have already taken care of, like little things that'll make him better. Where, you know, just because he, I think he's more of kind of like, there's just, there's more that, that, that hasn't been worked with there. 
um, with him than there is with the other quarterbacks. And so I think that's where the potential is, and that's where the Jets elevating Jeremy Bates, offensive coordinator, I think could be a very big deal. All right, Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. I'll get you out of here on this. My early, early Super Bowl pick. <laughs> San Diego, I'm sorry, not San Diego, L.A. Yeah, Chargers. I, I, I can't stop making that. The L.A. Either. Chargers <laughs> versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, are you on board with that? Disagree? I just love what the Chargers have defensively. And if their offense is healthy, Keenan yeah. Allen, Gordon, I, I think they're going to be lights out. I mean, look, I, like they and they, I mean, after that 0-4 start last year, they were really, really good, like, uh, I agree. I think defensively they're going to be they're going to be excellent. I, whether or not they're um, they're a championship level team, I think it's going to. I think a lot of it's going to hinge on what happens with the offensive linemen. Some of the guys they drafted last year, Feeney, Lamp, like you're, I, I think there's potential for that to turn into a strength, but there's still a lot of unknowns there, and it's going to be I think contingent on some of the second year guys getting a lot better on the fly. Uh, I love what the Packers did. I mean, I love the way the Packers let the draft come to them. They come away with a first round pick for, for 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 next year. I think they've got two like first round quality corners and Jair Alexander huh. and Josh Jackson. You add that to Kevin King and Mike Patton, I mean, obviously needs corners for his scheme and they telegraphed that need by signing Kyle Fuller to the offer sheet earlier in the offseason. Um, you know, I think the Packers have a chance now with a really good defensive coordinator who's being given the things that he needs to be a lot better on that side of the ball. And I, I'm I'm with you. It's just how much of this is going to depend on Aaron Rodgers staying healthy. You know, it's just that's been sort of an iffy proposition over the last five years. Great stuff. Albert Breer, thanks for taking the time today. Have a great weekend, Albert. No, thanks, you, Matt. The great Albert Breer. Man, you guys like that. Boy, I'm. you know how angry people are going to be? The Browns fans who are like, oh, everybody had Baker Mayfield at the top. No, Breer just said that's false. The Browns were the only team with Baker Mayfield at the top. The Jets win again. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Listen, New York City loves to chew up athletes and spit them out. The New York media loves the buildup and the teardown. And, man, yesterday we just saw a shocking end to what was a massive New York sports star just five years ago. I'll tell you about that player next. Now, that's a that's a hot beat. What's that? I think I've heard this song before. I should know it. You should know this. I should. Daddy Yankee, Gasolina. <laughs> I might in, have to download in, that now. In honor of Cinco de Mayo. Does that get the party started or what? Yeah. Um, I got a good story for you in a second. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So, Danny, I heard you talking about uh, cookouts and... Cinco de Mayo is on the last show, and um, I heard this awesome. It just reminded me of this awesome moment uh, from way back when I was younger. And, you know, Cinco de Mayo, big party night. And we went out one, I forget where it was, but it was somewhere in D.C. Is this when folks had, like, bell bottoms? Ah, stop it, stop it. This was in D.C., the waterfront. Just The scene is jumping there. And, you know, we're hitting on these girls and this, you know, this girl's Do, do you remember what music was playing in the I, background? I, I don't remember. I think it was outdoors. Probably some kid in play. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this girl's wearing this nice, uh, like, velour type shirt. One of these, like, different fabrics. So I feel it. And she's like, you feel that? And I was like, yeah. She's like, feels like girlfriend material, doesn't it? 
Whoa. And I was like, oh, hello. You know, hey. You know, if you touch the girl's outfit now, that would be part of the Me Too movement. Oh, gosh, get out of here, <laughs> Me Too movement. But but it was a good line by her. You know, these quick-witted chicks. Uh, man, being single could be fun. Also difficult. Uh, I am married, ladies. Sorry. Sorry, off the market. Pretty sure nobody asked. Yeah. <laughs> 100,000%. You know who is single, ready to mingle? Gentleman by the name of Matt Harvey. Former New York Mets pitcher. Did you got? I mean, I'm shocked at this story. He got cut loose by the Mets this week. Matt Harvey, he's 29 years old. This guy, uh, New York put him on a pedestal from the moment he started pitching for the Mets. I, I, I mean, this is the guy who was the best high school prospect in 2007, according to Baseball America. Big 6'4", strapping dude, intimidating. And he goes to the Mets in his first game. He strikes out 11. They start calling him the Dark Knight because he was a Batman fan. This guy's throwing gas like 98, 99. I mean, right out of the gate, people were talking about how he could be an all-time great Mets pitcher. And I know we don't do a lot of baseball stories on this show, but this Matt Harvey story is fascinating. What does Matt Harvey do like instantly? He gets a Maserati and he starts hitting the clubs in New York City. Dude was a page six fixture. I mean, he's with a model this night, a model with that night. Fun fact, one of the first models he dated in New York was an SI swimsuit model. Her name is Ann V. If you look her up, she's obviously a smoke show. Fun fact, I went to a one-on-one lunch with her uh, when she was, like, on the rise. I was working at Us Weekly. Got to, like, sit down. I mean, it was crazy. She walks in the room, and, like, every head's turning, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is cool, you know? Anyways, Matt Harvey dates her. He dated this other model. And then what? one of the turning points was he, he, he hooked up with Adriana Lima, who is just like an all-time goddess. Uh, if you know who models are, Adriana Lima is just incredible. And then like two weeks later, she ditches him for Julian Edelman of the Patriots. And honestly, Matt Harvey, this is a starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, was so wrecked by Adriana Lima. He failed to show up for a game. Like the Mets had to go check on him. And he got suspended for three games. He had a couple injury issues. Did pitch him in the in the World Series, but I don't know whether it's injuries or what, but he was suspended for partying basically this year. They throw him in the bullpen. It's a disaster, and now they cut him loose. He's 29 years old in New York, and, and that drug called fame. He ate it up, and, and he just lost track. And I feel kind of bad for him, but he's got a lot of money in the bank. He's 29. He's going to land somewhere. And this is just the story, guys. These athletes, be careful. Fame is a powerful drug. Matt Harvey, I hope he gets his mind right and ends up somewhere good, maybe with the Yankees still in New York. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. NBA playoffs have been a joke so far, but we got a former NBA champ coming to help us talk NBA playoffs. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your fearless leader. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It was an ugly night in the NBA last night. Boy, two blowouts, two almost unwatchable games. I said I changed it at halftime from Jazz Rockets when the Jazz were down 30. And I started watching Back to the Future for the 73rd time. We got two games today. Although I don't even know if we're going to have to count Raptors Cavs. Now our guest coming up here in a second 
uh, NBA champ Karan Butler. I've worked with him over at FS1. Good guy, knows his stuff. He likes to chop it up, and we'll do that in a second. But I want to take a moment to just quickly remind everybody that I will never, ever discuss the Toronto Raptors on this show again. Those frauds north of the border do this every year. And I fell for those choking dogs this year. I thought, man, it's set up for Toronto. They got home court advantage. LeBron is gassed after that Indiana series. The Cavs supporting cast is a joke. This is the year. Drake, I will ride with you. And what do those frauds Toronto do? I mean, they basically vomited on themselves. The fourth quarter of game one. Close it out. All you got to do is make some layups. Valanchunas, I mean, it was like my first grade son trying to make a layup. That's what he was. I mean, he missed six layups in the fourth quarter. Toronto absolutely gagged. One of really, it's got to be one of the low points in franchise history. When they choked away that fourth quarter, I said, it's over. Series done. Cavs got this. And yes, I'm the clown who picked the Raptors to win the series. And I was so gassed up on Toronto. Okay? I said they would win the series in five. I will, I'm not going to ever live this down. I've been getting tweets probably every two hours about this idiotic pick that I made. Um, and now that I've ranted about the Raptors. Hey, quick reminder. DeMar DeRozan, 43 points on 46 shots through two games. Bro, don't tell me about how DeMar DeRozan is an all-NBA player. I'm done with the Raptors. All right, joining the show now, uh, he's got a weekend radio show here on Fox Sports Radio, Chris Mannix and Karan Butler, Sundays, 12 Eastern. Karan Butler, joining the show. Good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? I-, I hope I didn't go in on your Raptors too much. I know, you know, as a former <laughs> player, you got a lot of friends in the league, Mr. Butler. Uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you 30 seconds. Do you want to rant on these guys at all? Or, I mean, should we even play these two games in Cleveland? Honestly, you can wave the white yeah, flag. We they have. Them just so we we, we got to play them just to see the gentlemen sweep. And, look, I don't got no horse in this race. Uh, I play with a lot of these guys that's, you know, still in the association playing at a high level. And I'm looking forward to this, you know, competitive game. And, you know, in this particular series with the Cavs and the Raptors, you see a lack of that. You know, people always talk about just the mentality of LeBron James and coming into a series being dominant. And you're looking at the Raptors team and their disposition while they're playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's like they're just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Whatever it is, they're, just waiting, they're sitting around waiting for it to happen. Like the LeBron thing, the LeBron factor is just going to happen at some point in the game. We can be up 10, down 10. Whatever, but he's going to, you know, impose his will on this series and find a way to put Cleveland over the hump. We're talking with Karan Butler, NBA champ. I got to ask you, uh, does it does this change your calculus at all of potentially LeBron in the offseason? Because when I look at this, I say, damn, Cavs are finding their way. Kevin Love is back in his groove. Shucks, Cavs are probably going back to the finals. Now, uh, again, we don't know if it's going to be Boston or Philly. That could be a tough series, but LeBron's going to have a week of rest. You got to wonder, does LeBron say, you know what, if we can make a trade or two, get Kawhi up in here, I don't know. Maybe I stay in Cleveland. Does this change your thoughts on LeBron's offseason at all? Look, it, 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 LeBron's going to wind up in three places in my in, in my mind, and I'm looking at it from a basketball standpoint. I mean, obviously he's a, a guy that's an a, a icon in the sport, just an icon in the game, and, you know, somebody that uses platform and made a seamless transition already 
while actively playing still. So I think Cleveland is the option, Philadelphia is the other option, and obviously one of the uh, teams in Los Angeles. So with that being said, you know, what makes more sense? And, you know, for him to continue to, you know, run down these ghosts that he's chasing and uh, uh, just make him continue to tackle all these milestones that he wants to tackle. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to, you know, be judged. Look, he's the best all-around basketball player that I've seen in my lifetime. And, you know, he's going to be judged by his credentials and championships. He's going to score a lot of more points. Uh, he's scoring at a rapid rate in year 15. I've never seen anything like this. You know, from a player 15 years into the game showing no signs of declining, um, it's going to be interesting to see what he chooses to do. But it's all LeBron. As he go, he moves the needle. It's not the other guys around him. They're playing solid. But he's having an out-of-body performance this whole playoff stretch. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. You know, best all-around player, I would agree. I, the stats, I mean, seriously, this era is becoming so offensive-minded. I looked this up, okay? So last year the Cavs lost the finals. Do you know what they averaged in the finals? They averaged 114 points a game. That is so far beyond any of the last like 10 years finalists that it's like, well, obviously LeBron's st- stats are going to be up there. So when you look at the LeBron Jordan debate, Mr. Caron Butler, do you definitely give LeBron an advantage because of the stats or do you kind of throw that out because of the eras? Uh, you know what, I, I think about all that. I think about the, the, the hand check and the contact. I think about who you had to go through and um, uh, each specific conference and, you know, all those things. And, you know, I, I, I give Jordan a lot of credit for staying put and where he was at going through the growing pains of trying to get through the, the bad boys and everything like that, never, you know, having the luxury of have, having to join a, a, a budding star who was, you know, also a Hall of Famer or, you know, I, I, I take all of those things in consideration. Nevertheless, you look at the body of work of LeBron James and, you know, Michael Jordan's the GOAT to me. But, you know, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, you know, you're starting to be able to talk about those three individuals and everybody else. And, you know, that's great company to be in. And if I'm, if I'm looking at my career and I, and I walk away from the game at some point, whether it's two years, three years, four, five from now, that's some hell of a company to be in. Talk with Karan Butler, NBA champ. He hosts a Sunday show here on Fox Sports Radio, 12 Eastern with Chris Mannix. All right, let me get you out of here on this one. I I put up the idea that Russell Westbrook and the Thunder should probably part ways. The Thunder have tried to build around him now three times. It didn't work with Kevin Durant. It did not work with Victor Oladipo. It did not work with Paul George. I don't think you can build around Russell Westbrook I would sell high, okay? He averaged a triple-double the last two years. I know this is going to sound crazy, uh, Mr. Butler, but I I just don't see what the future is in Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook. The stars don't work with him. There's no system that he plays with. He's kind of a lone ranger. I would try to unload him if I'm OKC. Your thoughts? Hey, listen, one one of the things that was glaring – you know, from uh, from from my eyes, just watching the chemistry of the three guys playing with them, uh, well, two guys playing with them. Obviously, Russell Westbrook was the big key component, being a reigning MVP. And you know, Carmelo, you wanted to find a way to feature him. I thought that rotation was a little, you know, funky. And you know, Paul George, you know, trying to put the ball into his hand and uh, putting the, putting him in situations where it can be super intriguing. So. 
it, it could be a little bit more encouraging in free agency to get him back. Nevertheless, none of those things was done during the course of the season. Definitely done in the postseason. And now you you probably run an eighty to ninety percent chance of losing Paul George in free agency. Yep. Uh, you're you're talking about exploring options to get Carmelo out of there, and then you have Russell Westbrook. I think you got to adapt the format that the Philadelphia 76ers adapted years ago with Allen Iverson. You have a guy that's going to score the ball, is going to shoot it, and as he goes, they go. Um, you got to get guys around there just to be buffers, you know, defenders, you know, role players that buy into their role, don't want shots, not questioning anything. They're just going to do all the little things to get you over the hump and, you know, help Russ become a better version of himself. And if you adapt that format and have a coach in place to coach that, You'd be fine. Huh. Okay, so you don't want to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I don't think a lot of people do. I just I don't know that that's ever going to work. All right, Karan Butler, thank you very much. Again, listen to his show tomorrow, Sunday, on Fox Sports Radio with Chris Mannix at 12 Eastern. Thanks a lot. In time, brother. That was Karan Butler. I Listen, we don't agree on Russell Westbrook, and that's fine. You know, a lot of guys aren't going to agree with me on this. I wrote it on the big lead this week. I got a tsunami of negative responses from uh, – NBA fans out there, Nick, maybe we will get into this later in the show. Again, folks, I just got to come back to this. We're talking about a dude in Russell Westbrook who don't want to set screens. Did you see that story uh, from Zach Lowe that in 86 games this year, Russell Westbrook set 24 on-ball screens? I mean, let that number sink in. On-ball screens, a staple of the Warriors' beautiful offense. There's a reason Kevin Durant went there. Go look at what Boston runs. Screen, screen, screen. Go look at Quinn Snyder in Utah. Screens everywhere. Russell Westbrook set 24 on-ball screens this year in 86 games. That's like every three and a half games he's setting a screen for a teammate. Dude, what are you doing? And, oh, oh, by the way, I also looked this up. The Thunder are second to last in the NBA in passes. This is a team where the ball gets sticky. And listen, obviously people want to blame Melo. That's fine. You can blame Carmelo Anthony. People love to blame Paul George. Hey, Paul George only had five points in there. He took 16 shots. He had a bad game. Russell Westbrook took 43 shots. The ball gets into his fingers and it sticks. He don't pass. This team is a nightmare, and and, and I'm going to get out of here on this one. Don't blame Billy Donovan. Don't blame the Andre Roberson injury. Don't blame Kevin Durant. Don't blame Victor Oladipo. Don't blame Paul George. Blame the point guard, Russell Westbrook. The ball's in his hands. He sets the tone for that team, and it just it doesn't work. You got, I know the internet loves him, and he's a triple-double machine. They can't get out of the first round in the NBA playoffs. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, we're going to dive back into the NBA. We didn't talk about it a lot in the first hour. There's still some more NFL coming up this hour, but coming up next, I can't wait to tell you where Russell Westbrook should be traded. We've got three teams that make a ton of sense. We'll talk about those next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Hey, here's two things we will not be talking about on this show. Kanye West. Gosh, listen, I said the Toronto Raptors are overrated frauds. 
is there a guy I could care less about than Kanye West? Who, like, everybody's, oh, oh, he's saying all this stuff. Like, how dumb are people? Kanye West is out there doing one thing, selling his next album. Get your name out there, say inflammatory stuff, get on the mind of people, and then your album drops. Like, how could people not see through this? Like, who cares what Kanye West thinks? The day I care what Kanye West thinks, probably time to check out a media. Like, honestly. They're all enablers, man. Exactly. They're all enablers. Like, who cares what this clown says? People are like, he lost 7 million Twitter followers. Yeah, you know, like 15 of those million are fake. It's, I mean, it's Kanye West. That guy's so overrated. Gosh, give me Drake any day of the week. Um, well, that was one thing I won't talk about. And the other is politics. Like, I, I'm not a first take guy, but the guys on the big lead were like, oh my gosh, did you hear what the guys on first take were saying about Trump and ethno nationalist, blah, blah, blah? I'm like, that's a sports show. What, what are they doing? You are fake news. Like, I mean, guys, get with the program. Like, to me, this topic right here, trading Russell Westbrook, infinitely more interesting than any of that Kanye West nonsense. Because, frankly, I think Russell Westbrook, and I've said this on the show, is the most overrated player in the NBA. I know a lot of people will disagree, but, dude, I'm telling the guy shoots, what did he shoot, 29% on three-pointers this year? Let me look it up. But, I mean, I think it, it was awful. But all anybody wants to say is, oh, he's great. He dunks the ball hard and averages a triple-double. Russell Westbrook, 29% from deep. Jason, he led the league in assists. Oh, gosh. I mean, okay. If you, I mean, if you want to, oh, not all assists are created equal. Like, he averaged a triple-double. Triple whoop the damn do. Now, Nick, I know you're an NBA guy. I know you like Russell Westbrook or love. Which one? You, you're a huge fan. Well, it was love, but oh, oh, you're oh, you're off the train. No, but go ahead. Oh, here we go. Okay, so uh, Nick was also a big Kobe Bryant fan. What? Not was. You still are. Sorry. I, I really compare Russell Westbrook to post Shaq Kobe. I can do this all myself. I can take all the shots. I'm gonna win. And Kobe couldn't get out of the first round, and neither can Westbrook. Now Kobe had the self awareness to be like, okay. Yeah, we're not doing this. We need uh, somebody. And they got, they lucked into Pau Gasol. I mean, they also got Bynum and Lamar Odom. Okay, it's not like they got a world beater in Pau Gasol. He was a good player. Pau Gasol's a Hall of Famer. Because of he went to the Lakers, yes. Uh, he put up awesome numbers in Memphis. How many playoff that. games he win before the Lakers? Well, again, you're, you're uh-huh. in Memphis. You had nobody. Okay. okay. Pau, Pau Gasol, really, really good player. And he teams with Kobe. Now, Kobe was the alpha on that team. I won't disagree with you, but. I just look at Westbrook and I'm like, I would trade him. And I know OKC fans killed me this week for it. You can't trade him. Who's going to go to games? Well, I guess, you know, if you're the the owner and you pay the third highest luxury tax to get bounced in the first round, yeah, go ahead, keep him. But the other two teams paying the higher luxury taxes, the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to the finals. Golden State for sure. Cleveland pretty much for sure. Would you, would you agree pretty much? I mean, I like Boston a lot. I like Philly, but... Yeah, at, at this point, yes. I mean, like, you asked me a week ago, before Game 7 against the Pacers, I would have said, I don't know if the Cavs are going. Now it looks like they're going. But the point is, if you're an owner, you're cool with paying the luxury tax if you're going to the finals. You get bounced in the first round? No. So if I'm the Thunder, you know Paul George is out. We can agree... Eric and Nick, Paul George ain't coming back. Yep. 
I mean, there's no doubt about it. If anybody's telling you they think Paul George is staying, like, wake up. Like, shake them vigorously. They must be sleeping. You got Carmelo coming back. Steven Adams is back. Now, a guy they like, Jeremy Grant, probably not going to come back. Free agent, can make money elsewhere. I don't think this team's going to the playoffs next year. So what a move is for me is what the Clippers did. All right? Last summer, the Clippers signed Blake to this huge deal, and they're like, yeah, we're going to let CP3 go. We're going to sign Blake. He's younger. And within, like, what, three, four months, they realized, okay, <laughs> uh, we're not going anywhere. Let's rebuild on the fly. They ship him to Detroit. You get a couple decent role players and picks. And it's like, okay, I, I let's do this. We don't have a superstar. And, and you know what? The Clippers challenge for a playoff spot. I think the Thunder can get more for Russell Westbrook because he didn't have the injuries like Griffin had. Now, Griffin's a little younger by a few months. But what we saw with Blake Griffin was he never adapted and developed a reliable three-point shot. I said math is what got Blake Griffin. Other than the knee injuries, the lack of a three-point shot has just killed Blake Griffin. DeMarcus Cousins developed one. Anthony Davis has worked on a three-point shot. That's what big men do. Al Horford has a three-point shot. Blake Griffin was like, I'm not doing it. I can dunk on people. Okay, you're, t- you're turning uh, 30. Let's see if you can still dunk on people. So here are the three teams. Now, Nick, I'll let you fire back yes or no uh, on Russell Westbrook being traded. Number one, I think the Clippers make the most sense. He's from L.A. It's a palatable move. If you're the Clippers now, think about it. The Chargers are loaded. The Rams are loaded. The Lakers are going to get free agents. There's two really good soccer teams. Don't scoff. There's two really popular soccer teams out here. The Dodgers just went to the World Series. The Clippers are suddenly like seventh in the pecking order out here. I mean, the Angels have Otani, your guy. Mike Trout. I mean, who do the Clippers have? So I think if you make a play for Westbrook, and again, I don't. Maybe Doc Rivers works with him. I don't know. But if you're OKC and you can get, and again, I I went to the draft, uh, draft picks and the trade machine, and listen, I mean, Tobias Harris, not a great player. But if you can get, I don't know, Tobias Harris and Danilo Gallinari, and I know that sounds idiotic, but you get those two guys that are on shorter deals. Tobias Harris has just one year left. Gallinari, if he can stay healthy, which the biggest question, story of his life uh, in the NBA, maybe you got something. And, and I think you go after both of their lottery picks, 12 and 13. Now, that could be too much for the Clippers. Do you want a walking triple-double? who was the MVP last year, or all that. If I'm OKC, and you imagine, you watch some NCAA tournament, Nick. If you can get Colin Sexton at 12 or 13, the Alabama point guard, I would sooner rather start to build around him than Westbrook. Again, Westbrook's getting $35 million next year. He doesn't pass the ball. He doesn't set screens. He shoots 29% from deep. So that's one. I think the Clippers are one. I'm not going to open the phone lines because I don't want all these jabronis calling in yelling at me. Number two, Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Nick, think about this. Russell Westbrook is a Jordan brand guy. Michael Jordan has longed for a star. He always whiffs in the draft. If you can bring Westbrook to Charlotte, you probably have a sold-out arena all season. 
but who are you giving up? Now, I looked at the, I mean, the contracts on this, they're awful. I mean, Michael Kidd, Grillchrist has been a bust. Cody Zeller, yikes. Marvin Williams, awful. Nick Batum. Now, there's a guy that's interesting. He's had some injury problems, but he's a 3 and D guy, only 29. If you could get Batum and, say, Kemba Walker? You have to. I mean, if you're OKC, you, Kemba Walker has one year left on his deal. You know, It's like with Isaiah Thomas, right, when the Cavs traded for him. You don't like him. Hey, ship him out. You don't have to sign him. And, of course, it's going to take a 2018 number one and uh, I think 2020 number one. I think it would take two number ones to get him. That's, again, a lot, but will Russell Westbrook shine in, in Charlotte? Yeah, I think he would. Okay, Jason, really quick. Okay, okay First in. of all, <laughs> Tobias Harris and Gallinari, come on. Is that Westbrook, garbage? That, that's pure garbage. Well, but, uh, again, well, hold on. Wait. Real quick. No, real quick. Before you're, okay, before the whole, tr- this is many layers what you're talking about right now. So, l- can I just backtrack? So, the Thunder, if, if, let's just say they trade Westbrook, and the whole Charlotte thing is interesting. I'll give you that with Kemba involved. That means they would have traded James Harden. Kevin Durant, and now Russell Westbrook. Well, they lost Durant in free agency, but yes. Well, uh, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Thank you. But so they lost them, and they had all three of those MVP players. Sam Presti screwed it up. Right. It's just it's crazy to think that if they do trade Westbrook like you think might happen, it's that's just insane. I, I know people think this is a foreign concept, trading a star. Uh, look, Jerry West, one of the smartest NBA minds, goes to the Clippers, says, we're not bringing back Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, see ya. You got to make these tough decisions. The Thunder are in that middle where you can't get better and you can't get a lottery pick. As much as I love Westbrook, I think it's smarter for the Thunder to do it, Jason. Because yeah. it, it just it, it depends. Like, do you want a superstar on your team but never win a title or have a chance? Never win a title, Nick. They're not getting out of the first round. Right, right. So the th- final team, Charlotte, the Clippers. Here's the last one that I like, trading for Russell Westbrook. The Knicks just hired David Fisdale. Okay? They have had... I mean, nothing for the last, I don't know, since Patrick Ewing left, I think they have one playoff trip with Carmelo, maybe two. If you can swing a deal, now you'd be giving up two first-round picks, 2018, obviously, and then 2020, but you look at this Knicks roster. I mean, if you think Charlotte has bad contracts, Enos Cantor is going to be around next year. Joachim Noah, two more years, $38 million. He's, like, unplayable. He's not even... He's totally useless. Westbrook in the New York media, man. Jason. Oh, that's I didn't wow. think about that. That's juicy. <laughs> Tim Hardaway's got three years left. Courtney Lee, Lance Thomas, and then you got Porzingis, who I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the rumors in New York are Porzingis probably won't play next year till the All-Star break. So you're essentially punting on next season. Now, if you want to toss in Nilakina, the young guy, I mean, I can't believe they drafted Nilakina. And Donovan Mitchell. You watch what Donovan Mitchell's doing and think that the Knicks took Nilakina. Thanks, Phil Jackson. But if I'm the Knicks, I throw whatever package I can. The problem is, if I'm OKC, nobody on that roster other than Tim Hardaway is remotely interesting to me. You'd, I'd want a lot of lottery picks. And, and I mean, Nick, if you're OKC and you try to blow it up, you're probably getting fired, right? Sam Presti in a couple years. Easily. I mean, they've got, but he's probably getting fired fire. anyway. Everything he does has been a whiff. Remember, he was hailed last summer. We got Oladipo out of here. We got Sabonis out of here. And we got Paul George. And then they lose in the first round. So, OKC, okay, I think they should seriously look 
at trading Russell Westbrook. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I want to talk about alpha dogs and quarterbacks because there's a fascinating story brewing about what you want out of your quarterback and should he be an alpha dog. And and I'm just going to tear that strategy down next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, we start in the NBA playoffs Friday night where the New Orleans Pelicans trounced the world champion Warriors 119-100 to in Game 3 of the West Semis. Golden State still leads the series two games to one. Contest also featured Draymond Green and Rajon Rondo having to be separated when Green would not allow Rondo to take a practice shot after the whistle. After the game, however, Green scoffed at the thought that he was trying to provoke Rondo. At some point, somebody got to tell the truth, and I know that's not quite the DNA these days of people telling the truth, but at some point, y'all got to tell the truth. Draymond ain't trying to bait nobody. I'm chilling, playing basketball. I look forward to y'all telling the truth one day. Maybe it won't happen. I ain't expecting it, but I do look forward to it. Elsewhere way elsewhere. The Houston Rockets went up two games to one over the Jazz with a 113-92 victory at Utah. James Harden and Eric Gordon scored 25 apiece. What a night Friday in Major League Baseball. Dodgers rookie Walker Buehler and three relievers combining for history against the Padres in a game played at Monterey, Mexico. Listen. Here comes the pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. A no-hitter. The 26th no-hitter in Dodger history. The first combined no-hitter and tonight, four for the price of one. Charlie Stein of the call on AM570 LA Sports. Then in Seattle, Albert Pujols of the Angels also making history. 1-0 pitch. There's a flare out to right field, and there it is. Hit number 3,000 for Albert Pujols. The call on Fox Sports West as the Angels beat the Mariners 5-0. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Holy cow, somebody just sent me this uh, video. Have you seen this, guys? So last night uh, in Pelicans Warriors, Draymond Green and Rondo got into two dust-ups, as Isaac said. In one of them, Rajon Rondo tried to trip Draymond Green after, like, as they were going to break, and Green turned around and was ticked off. Well, somebody just sent me a video. Steph Curry rises up for a jumper, and Rondo, like, takes a leg and swings it at Curry's ankles while he's in the air. I'm going to tweet that video out right now, but if you look at it, dude, it's early. It's like the first first three minutes of the game. I don't know. You guys take a look at it and let me know what you think. But, I mean, I think you got to consider a suspension for game four. You can't have Rondo putting his foot under Curry's ankle as he's taking a jumper. Honestly, take a look at this. It looks... That is dirty as hell, man. Listen, Rajon Rondo's got some major problems. So Rondo's out Draymonding Draymond? Well said, Eric. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy, Doc Rivers tried to fight Rondo. He was such a, I don't think I could say that word. He was such a bad guy in the locker room. Rondo and Doc Rivers nearly got in a fight. Rondo's nearly got in a fight with teammates. We know he walked off the court in Dallas because he refused to listen to the coach calling plays. The NBA should seriously look at this video if they think putting the leg under Curry while he's taking a jump shot. Nick, have you looked at it? I just saw it now. I, I saw the replay about five times. That's nasty. That's dirty. That, I just I just don't think that's 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 cool. I don't think the NBA needs that. I don't know about suspension, but that's that's dirty. Well, okay, what do you do? Fine him? That's not gonna do anything. Right. It's, it's not suspension worthy, I don't think, but it's definitely it's a little dirty. Listen, I, you know I'm gonna ride or die for Steph Curry and I will protect him. So that Rajon Rondo, you filthy animal. That is some <laughs> savage behavior. Um all right, so uh, I I love this next topic. 
Um, the Cleveland Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, right? And and as we talked about earlier in the show, one of their front office gurus had Sam Darnold number one on the draft board all season long. Watched USC, watched Oklahoma, watched UCLA, and Darnold was ahead of Baker Mayfield. And then they bring in Baker in the room, and Baker, you know, won the room. He impressed them with his intelligence. Uh, I guess he comes off as very sharp at the whiteboard. Hey, diagram a play, blah, blah, blah. And, and he essentially won the room. But what I question is whether or not that actually matters. Like, think about this. There is the theory, and I've heard NFL people say this all the time. You need your quarter to be an alpha dog. You need your quarterback to be that guy who, when the dudes are gathered and they're going out, hey, who's driving? And, you know, they flip the keys to the alpha dog because he's the leader of the pack. He knows where to go. He knows the cool spots. That's like the theory. Right? Baker Mayfield has this gravitational pull among players on Oklahoma that they just like being in his orbit. He is an alpha male. He's cool. All the guys want to be friends with him. All the girls want to hook up with him. You know, like that's the cool guy that Baker Mayfield supposedly is. But I got to ask, are you drafting a, a, a prom king or a quarterback? Now, on some level, I will agree with the sentiment that you want an alpha dog. You want a guy who's confident as hell. Hey, man, there's 70 seconds left in the game. You got the ball at your 20, no timeouts. Let's go get a touchdown. I want that in the huddle. You want your quarterback convincing the teammates who maybe are nervous. This is a big spot. We're going to do this. You want that confidence. You want your quarterback to have confidence that he can throw balls into the tiniest windows. And if he throws a pick, he's coming back the next play, going deep again, fearless. But there's a difference between being an alpha male quarterback and confidence and cockiness. Because I heard all this same garbage about Mark Sanchez coming out of USC. Do you guys remember that? Mark Sanchez was a man at USC. Cool guy. Ladies love him. Magazine looks. Not afraid of anything, man. Mark Sanchez is making, throwing dimes at USC. Comes to the Jets. And listen, I know they had a good defense and they had uh, a good running game and an offensive line. You don't go to two... AFC title games in your first two years if you don't have some confidence. Mark Sanchez, remember, went into Indianapolis and beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. Went into Foxborough, beat Tom Brady. Those are two playoff games. So let's give it up to Mark Sanchez. He had the moxie, the confidence, the cockiness, the alpha male behavior to go on the road and beat NFL legends. Mark Sanchez, let me remind you, has four playoff road wins in two seasons. He delivered. Again, yes, they had a good defense and offensive line. Sanchez made plays. So I get the confidence. Listen, when I'm out there playing basketball, I play a lot of pickup basketball. I want it's 10-10 to 11, not even win by two. I want the final shot. Give me the rock. I'm taking it. If it's an air ball, it's a brick, hey, you miss. But I want that pressure. I thrive for that pressure. That's fun. You want to be the hero, and if you're the goat, you're the goat. So be it. But I got to ask, this alpha male stuff that the Browns got enamored with with Baker Mayfield, I mean, let me ask, is Drew Brees an alpha male? Drew Brees is just like, 
hey, how are you? Down-to-earth, quiet guy. He's confident in the huddle, but he's not that alpha male that everybody talks about. Russell Wilson. I mean, do you see him grabbing his crotch and doing throat slash gestures? That's Baker Mayfield. Is Russell Wilson going and planting a flag on an opponent's uh, uh, midfield? Is he doing That's not his style. That's Baker Mayfield. And again, I'm not bashing Mayfield, but I'm just trying to puncture this idea that you need an alpha male and this, this idea that Baker Mayfield has some kind of alpha male quality that Sam Darnold doesn't. I mean, think about it. Is Carson Wentz the kind of guy who's the cool dude that everybody loves? I, not to knock Carson Wentz. He's an awesome player. I misjudge him coming out of North Dakota State. He's a 6'5 redhead who loves Jesus and hunting. I mean, that's not a knock, but to me, that's not an alpha male who's going to go out and be like, hey, we're going to this party. We got these girls lined up. We got beers. We got keg stands. Let's, let's do it. Let's do shots. That's Baker Mayfield. That's not Carson Wentz. So I, I just think the NFL has the wrong idea when you need this, quote, alpha male. That's what they saw in Baker Mayfield. That's what football guy John Dorsey saw. And again, I don't, I mean, listen, you want alpha male and confidence? Go look at Sam Darnold at 19 in the Rose Bowl, trailing Penn State in the fourth quarter. Look at that, look at that tape. Look at those throws Sam Darnold was making at 19 years old. To me, that's confidence. Did Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley have confidence in Baker Mayfield late in the game in an overtime? They were in the red zone. They didn't go on fourth and one. They didn't have confidence in Baker Mayfield. Again, I know it sounds like I'm bashing him, and the fans in Oklahoma are going to hate me, and I'm not going to read Twitter after this segment, but I'm just, I think the Browns made a colossal mistake with Baker Mayfield. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So a year ago at this time, no quarterbacks made over $25 million. Do you know how many guys who throw footballs for a living are now making over $25 million a year? And Matty Ice is number one? Are you kidding me? We'll talk about that next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre. Looks like we got a, what is it, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back trilogy is on uh, TV today. Nice to have the uh, TVs in the studio here. Hey there, you're continuing May the 4th, Jason. Come on. Yes, May the 4th be with you yesterday. Um, there's a fun Jabba the Hutt scene on right now with Princess Leia in her uh, outfit. I'll just leave it at that. So, a quick reminder, two NBA games today. I don't even think you need to watch Cavs-Raptors. Honestly, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to see Infinity War, the new Avengers movie. No spoilers, please. Um, I, I The Raptors have no chance. They're frauds, choking dogs. I refuse to watch them. Cavs win by 22. That's my guess today. Um, but, it, it, you know, the NFL's actually had a more interesting week than the NBA. Between this Ben Roethlisberger stuff we opened the show with, there is that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick kind of passive-aggressive thing going on. I, I don't know that it's worth bringing up. And, of course, Matt Ryan, the Falcons quarterback, the MVP of the league two years ago, 
just got a $30 million a year contract. 100 mil guaranteed. That's some, that's some cheddar. Now, the fun fact I dug up was a year ago, no NFL player was averaging $25 million a year. Less than 12 months later, five quarterbacks are averaging $25 million a year. But here's the best part, guys. Here, this, this is awesome. Guess how many playoff wins the five quarterbacks, averaging over $25 million a year, have between them? I mean, you'll just you'll never be able to guess that. I'll go through the five quarterbacks. So, number one, you've got uh, Derek Carr. $25 million a year. It's broke. <laughs> that injury is so bad. Fun fact, Derek Carr, making $25 million a year, has never started a playoff game. Next up, Matt Stafford, $27 million a year. Zero career playoff wins. Zero. Next up, Jimmy Garoppolo, $27.5 million a year. We know he's uh, never been to the playoffs. He did, he, he did start six games for the Niners, though, last year. Next up, Kirk Cousins, $28 million a year. How many playoff wins does Kirk Cousins have? You like that? Zero. And finally, Matty Ice, highest paid, 30 mil a year. Now, Matt, uh, Matty Ice has kind of earned it. He does have an MVP. And he has been to a Super Bowl. Nick, I'll give you a quick guess. How many playoff wins does Matty Ice have? Mm, four. Wow, well done. Hey-o. Matt Ryan, 32 years old, and he has four playoff wins. Mark Sanchez has four playoff wins. Yeah, I, I wanted that silence there just for a moment, just just to let that sink in. So five quarterbacks make it over $25 million a year, and they've combined for four playoff wins, all of them coming from Matty Ice. Now, I will say this. In defense of these guys, I'm not bashing them. The salary cap's gone up five years in a row. A lot of the other star quarterbacks were not eligible for new deals because they were already locked in. And um, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, is going to blow all those guys out of the water when he gets his new Packers deal. Relax. Here in the next couple weeks, I guess. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can, can name his price. And, and don't tell me Matt Ryan's not worth $30 million a year. Because if Matt Ryan hit the open market, the bidding would start at $30 million a year. Okay? There is at least 17 teams, maybe 15 teams, that would take Matty Ice in a heartbeat. At least 15. And, again, I don't even think Matt Ryan's great. I, don't, I wouldn't put him in my top five quarterbacks. But just like with a house, you are what the market says you're worth. If nobody's bidding on that house, you can pay less. If nobody wanted Matt Ryan, you could you could throw less money at him. But if Matt Ryan hit the open market, he would get paid in the Escalade. All right. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, again, I, I missed last week's show because I was camping. I didn't get to dive into the NFL draft. I, I want to talk about an interesting topic. Did you do you guys watch Billions? Because on Billions, they like to separate kind of your gut instinct from what you feel could happen. It's an interesting topic, and the NFL draft had several of those at play. We'll dive into that next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. High noon on the East Coast. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 
It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Been a fun show so far. This was one of those, man, I've got enough material for four hours. How do I cram it into three? Honestly, there was some Patriot stuff I wanted to get to, but we're going to punt on it just because I don't think they're done this offseason. And, you know, I don't think the Brady-Belichick drama, at least now, is as big of a deal as it was earlier in, say, November and December when the situation with Brady's trainer and Belichick was unraveling. I think I noticed something that I hadn't heard anybody else say. If you look at the NFL draft, the Patriots did not draft a quarterback early. Anybody notice that? Remember, there was all that talk about Lamar Jackson or the kid from Richmond, Kyle Oletta. A lot of chatter about the Patriots and the quarterback. Well, guess what Bill Belichick did? Bill Belichick extended an olive branch to his quarterback, Tom Brady, by not drafting a quarterback in the early rounds. It's already been addressed. Eric, you like that, huh? I mean, it's one of those situations where everybody was saying, Listen, Tom Brady's 40. He's going to be 41 in August. They got to get a quarterback. And then Belichick doesn't draft one because you know what the story would be. Oh, Patriots, they take uh, Lamar Jackson late first round. Well, that's over for Brady. When does Lamar play? Belichick squashed all that. This is a stroke of genius by Bill Belichick. This is why he's the best at what he does. He knows when not to do things, and when to do things. And this brings me to kind of the topic I want to get into. This is a weird one for Sports Talk Radio. I didn't really tell the guys what this was about. But it's kind of pegged to the draft, right? And I want to start big picture because in life, and, and just so you know, we're going to get to NBA here in the you know later in this hour. And, and I do have a little uh, some NBA nuggets. Actually, let me just quickly drop an NBA nugget on you. Sorry to go off the board here. So number one, A lottery pick is coming into L.A. this week, and he's going to be working out with my buddy who's a trainer. He's going to be working out at the gym I go to. I'm going to get an up-close look at this NBA lottery pick. I'm not going to say his name or his team, but he's going to go in the lottery for sure. Who is it? I can't tell you that. Um, So that's a nugget. Number two, something happened in the NBA this week that is a major tell when it comes to one team in the draft. We'll leave that for shortly. And, of course, we're going to talk a little Russell Westbrook. But let me get back to the draft and this topic I want to get to. So you guys know I watch a show, Billions. Tremendous show. I think it's the best show on TV right now. Billions on Showtime. If you're not watching it, you know, figure out a way to get a buddy's password and, 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 and watch it. Because this show is smart as heck. Really excellent. And they talked about something this week that I right after the NFL draft, of course, I see this episode, I'm like, dang it, there's a lot of NFL stuff here. So, essentially, they're talking about trusting your instinct. And in life, listen, we don't all have the answers. You have to trust your instinct and operate from your gut sometimes. Now, how do you do that? And on this show, they talk about identifying what is your instinct telling you. Because, again, you have to factor in what you're afraid of, your fears, and, of course, your hopes, and those other voices in your head. 
and you have to trust your instinct and operate from the gut. Because if you don't cultivate an instinct and listen to it, as they said on Billions, you're doomed. And listen, I I, I did an awful job this week not listening to my instinct. And I, you know, looked at that Raptors-Cavs series. I said, oh, Cavs tired, LeBron exhausted, Cavs supporting cast terrible, Raptors rested, Raptors home court advantage. I think the Raptors got this. And, and, and I didn't trust my instinct, which, again, at the beginning of the playoffs was the Cavs are going to win this series. And I, and I didn't identify and separate my instinct from these fears and hopes. Because, yeah, do I kind of hope LeBron gets bounced? Of course. I want him to come to the Lakers. I want to look right. But you've got to have that self-awareness. And, and realize, okay, okay, let me separate my hopes and fears for LeBron in the playoffs and, and let me go with my instinct. What is my instinct telling me? And, and this is when I looked at the NFL draft and what was happening. I think the New York Giants at number two, after Baker Mayfield goes off the board, we talked about Baker a lot. The New York Giants, I think trusted their instinct. Now, they're getting bashed, and uh, Nick, our music man here, came in to, you know, bash the Giants for taking Saquon Barkley, and and and, and I've done a lot of reading I- I- into what guys say about the draft and taking a running back, and, and honestly, I'm not even making this up. The dumbest thing you can do, according to all the numbers and history and stats, is take a running back early. Now, that's been punctured a little bit lately by Ezekiel Elliott's dominance, um, Todd Gurley with the Rams. These guys have excelled. Leonard Fournette with the Jaguars. But we forget Trent Richardson was the number three pick like five or six years ago, and he was a colossal bust. And we forget about Blair Thomas to the Jets and Kijana Carter. Okay? And we forget about all these other busts running back early. Like, it's dumb to do that. So did the Giants trust their instinct? Or... Did they kind of go overboard and say, oh, my gosh, look at the Saquon Barkley tape and maybe forget that he ran for like 40 yards against Rutgers? I, and that is the difficult thing in life. And I I wish I was a psychologist and I could crack the code of this is when you operate from your gut and trust your instinct and separate those fears and hopes. Because I'll tell you right now, and this was evident to me leading up to the draft. My instinct told me Dave Gettleman's history is, with with the Panthers, build inside out. Start with the trenches. He's going to go running back. He took a running back, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, last year. Of course he's going to take a running back. And, and that's why I had in my mock draft, you know, Saquon Barkley. I did not, under any circumstances, think the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, were going to pass on Sam Darnold. But on this show a month ago, my instinct told me, I'm telling you, Jay, something tells me they're getting Sam Darnold at three. And I and I and I said that on the show. I talked about it a lot. I heard from a lot of people, Jason, you're crazy. And then a lot of these same people were like, oh, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. And I got all these new followers on uh, Instagram. And you guys send me DMs because I open my DMs. I talk to anybody. And one of the most popular questions I get right now is Jason, wait a sec, you started a website, then you got a radio show, now you're on a TV show. How did you do this? And I I keep coming, I tell everybody, 
Trust your instinct. What is your instinct telling you? And again, you got to tune out the hopes and the fears. And way back when I started the website, I was at a magazine. I was having a fun time. And something told me, man, look, look at, you know, look at this website. And at the time, Gawker was very cool. It's now shut, shut down. It got slammed with this lawsuit because their editors really screwed things up. But early on, Gawker was awesome. And I said, why, why don't I just start a sports version of one? And again, this was like 2006. Like blogs were not a huge factor. My instinct told me, Jason, there's something here. And I just worked my butt off tirelessly, tirelessly, found angles, found areas that were not really covered by the larger sports media, and, and I got lucky. And I think some of trusting your instinct and operating from your gut applies to a radio show, applies to the NFL draft, applies to the NBA draft, which we're going to talk about a ton. Not today, of course, but leading up to it. And, 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 and I think it takes a lot of practice to follow your instincts. We're talking about practice. And I'm, I'm going to close this segment. And I think I've talked about this on the show. I don't know if Nick remembers it. I doubt Eric was here for it. Um, so I had a high school reunion. And my wife and I drove to it. And it was fun. It was a Saturday night. Sunday morning, we're driving back from the high school reunion. And my car just like basically kind of blows up. I couldn't like steer or anything. So we pull off to the side. We get towed. It's Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. We're outside Washington, D.C. Of course, nothing's open. So the tow truck tows us to a Pep Boys. I didn't know the area, but it was it was pretty ghetto. It was, it was a rough area. Like the kind of area where you get out of your car and there's like a, a shattered bottle of Jack Daniels on the sidewalk. But it's Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and my wife is just like, oh, let's go to IHOP. You know, we were not hungover, but we had had drinks the night before. And I'm walking back to the car, and I'm like, this, this just doesn't, I, this doesn't feel good. Ah, this area doesn't feel good. And the the tow truck operator had hooked us up with AAA, and the AAA guy calls, and he's like, well, where are you? And I'm like, yeah, this is where we are. Uh, and he's like, okay, um, I'll be there as soon as I can. And I didn't notice it at the time, but his voice was basically like, dude, be careful. So this is right outside Washington, D.C. So we're sitting behind the Pep Boys, not totally behind, but like on the side of the Pep Boys, but it's in, in my car which was broken down, couldn't steer it, but it could go forward and backward. And I guess somebody at the Pep Boys said, hey, there's a guy in a nice car. It wasn't that nice of a car who can't drive. Why don't you guys come and rob him? I'm guessing that's what happened. So we're sitting in the car. My wife's on her phone. She hates when I tell this story because she's just looking at Facebook for an hour. I'm scouting the area nervous as hell. And all of a sudden, you know, remember, there's no other cars around. It's a Sunday morning. There's like, it was like a, a Marshalls or whatever that hadn't opened. And it, we, it was basically an empty parking lot. And this car does a donut around us twice. And I see this guy. It's a young dude. And I'm like, okay, that can't be good. Why is this guy circling us? And I say that something to my wife. And I watched the guy and he was looking at me and I'm like, huh. Within 10 minutes, that guy comes back and there's a second car with him. And they pull up like two parking spots to the left of me. And I'm like instantly to my wife, holy call. Uh, I'll, I'll bleep myself. Hey, hey, call the police. We're about to be in some trouble. I mean, there was like our car and then there was a parking space and then they both parked next to us. And I'm looking at the guys not breaking eye contact. I see a neck tattoo, 
two young, rough-looking dudes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm panicking. My wife's like, what? What are you? Come on. There's nothing. No problem. Of course, the guys get out of the car. And at this point, I'm like, oh, geez. We're going to get robbed. I don't know if these guys have guns. I call the police. And I start panicking. My instinct's telling me, Jason, you can't get out of here. Oh, my gosh. So I call the police. And I'm like, on the phone, looking at the guys. They're outside their car talking. And I'm like, oh, geez. This is not good. So I also turn the car on. By this point, my wife's like, what's going on? Oh, he sounds nervous. I mean, I'm saying it cool. Like, yeah, I called the police. I was bleeping my pants. And I didn't know where we were. I'm like, we're the pep boys in this area. I don't have the address. And all of a sudden, I put the car in reverse. And I back up. And I think at that point, the guys were like, wait a sec. I thought this guy's car was broken down. And then I go forward. All I can do is forward and back. And that at that point, the guys look at me. And they get in the car and leave. And I'm like trembling. And my instinct the whole time was like, dude, Jason, this is, this is not good. And, and, and again, I know that's a long-winded story, but the moral of the story is trust your instincts. Whether it's the NFL draft, whether it's NBA games, whether it's the NBA draft, you got to trust your instincts. And sports teams and athletes and media members, we've all got to do that. I'm telling you, a lot of media members now and we got to wrap this up here, their instincts, and I got air quotes around that because, again, I think this is their hopes talking. A lot of media members in sports think right now the time to talk politics, and it's not. It's not at all. And I think a lot of media members and, and, and sports gamblers, and these guys are getting a lot of things wrong right now. For instance, today, the Boston Celtics are nine-point underdogs in Philadelphia, and all the money, the big money's coming in on the Sixers. But the public is betting the Celtics because they won two straight. Folks, separate your hopes and fears. Trust your instinct. My instinct says Ben Simmons has a triple-double in the Sixers' roll today by 10 or 15 points. My instinct says LeBron puts a knife in the heart of those sorry, sad sack frauds, the Raptors. Trust your instincts. My instincts say coming up next here on the Fox Sports Radio, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, should he be traded? We've got a great Anthony Davis versus Giannis question. That's next on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Back here on The Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. I was excited about this weekend in the NBA, but it's just been such a debacle. I mean, seriously, when you look at the three series, like it feels like three of them are over, and the only hope is Sixers- Celtics. I do want to quickly get in a note. Um, there was this coaching hire this week that I think is kind of a big deal and a big tell. And no, it's not David Fisdale to the Knicks. By the way, Nick, does that? Why would Fisdale take that job? I mean, well, you got Porzingis. You know, it's a no, future. no. Porzingis oh. is not coming back until at least the well, All Star. Right, but so your the first year there is going to be totally a zero. Yeah, it's it's a lost year basically. I mean, what other offers can he really have? I mean, I don't think teams are really well, clamoring listen, for the Milwaukee. Now. The Milwaukee Bucks is a much better job. I saw I saw reports, Jason, that this is possibly a kind of play to 
lure LeBron into New oh, York. Oh, get the hell out of here. I don't know how much to put into it. But Wait, who, who seen, started that? Um, I, Let me find the report. But yeah, I, yeah. I read, oh, no, I swear LeBron is going to come to relationship this... with Fizdell, I've read that. Yeah, he, no, no. That, I, I hear that. Just to, you know, maybe throw their name in the LeBron uh, chase. No, that that part is accurate. Fizdale was in Miami as an assistant to Spolstra. Take that for data. There was talk that the Lakers could have replaced Luke Walton with Fizdale. Yeah, but I think soon. Luke Walton had a pretty good season, yeah. all things considered. But the Phoenix Suns made a, made a hire, and I'd never really heard of this guy, Igor Kokoshoff. Is that never pres- heard of? Never, him. I never heard of him. However, why would they hire this guy? Suns might have the number one pick in the draft. It just so happens that this new Phoenix Suns coach—I'm just going to call him Igor. He's been an assistant for 20 years. He coached Luka Doncic in Europe. Luka could be the number one pick in the draft. I do believe that's a huge tell from the Suns, which means DeAndre Ayton may not go number one in the draft. Now, this is interesting because I got to say, and I don't want to do too much time here on the Phoenix Suns, but they've got a decent core or the start of one, right? Josh Jackson is a pretty good player. Devin Booker's a top 30 player in the league. You add Luka to this, they got three really good young players. I'm not going to say it's Harden, Westbrook, Durant with the Thunder, but there's some talent there. Um, Keep an eye on that. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of NBA draft stuff. I got lucky, people. When I moved out here to L.A., I, you know, I'm a personable character, I guess. Uh, it helps that I'm on TV, and I started to meet some people that uh, are connected in the NBA and there's going to be some NBA prospects working out out where I am here in LA and I hopefully hopefully I'll be dropping in on them and offer some nuggets to you guys um here in the next couple what is the draft June like mid, mid it's after the finals so it's late June um I think we got like less than 2 weeks until they do the lottery right that's coming up in mid May so keep an eye on that um, obviously, that I will have a lot of fun with that. Uh, I also want to quickly go back to Russell Westbrook. I, I offered this stat up earlier in the show. Russell Westbrook set 24 ball screens in 86 games this year. In his final game of the season, he took 43 shots. So he took more shots in one game than he set ball screens all season. Now, I know you can't trade Russell Westbrook until September 28th because that's when he signed his Supermax $205 million deal. But, you know, Karan Butler was on the show earlier, and he said, hey, why doesn't OKC build around Russell Westbrook the way the 76ers built around Allen Iverson? Well, that's not a terrible idea, except, a, the NBA has changed significantly. Like, those Sixers were an awesome defensive team. They had Matumbo in the middle. They had, I think, Eric Snow, Aaron McKee. They had a bunch of good defensive players. And Iverson just carried the load. They got to the finals. Russell Westbrook can't get out of the first round. I mean, I, I just don't see a parallel there because Iverson was, you know, so good and they had good coaching. I believe they had Larry Brown was their coach. Billy Donovan's on Larry Brown. I think Thunder fans are just going to have to come to the realization that it's over 
for Russell Westbrook. He ain't never getting out of the first round again, at least not as a starter, and at least not an OKC. Now, before I get to uh, our next segment, it's going to be fun. I got Nick. Nick uh, is going to tee up several interesting topics on the NBA. We'll bat them around. But first, I, I want to leave with a quick hot take because we're out here in L.A., and I know Nick and Eric are, are NBA fans. Who do you think will end up with a better career? Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry? Now, Nick, I, I know you're already shaking your head. I already know my answer. Hey, just wait. Just I wait. I know. Yep. Uh, Eric, at first blush, your thoughts? I think I'm going to go with Kobe. Jeez, that was quick. Kobe! Now, what's the reasoning? Because he's a great defensive player and Curry's not. Yeah, I just like I liked it. I like, I like that style of play better. I like just mean kind of... Mean mugging. Yeah, like I, I, I totally did that. taking like, why, a, taking a crap I on like, his teammates. Kind of why like I'm smush. impartial to Russell Westbrook. I like it. I like the kind of mean mug, but it is getting harder to defend him. But I do like Kobe more than Steph. Off the top. Okay, and Nick, your thoughts? Kobe, because in this day and age, Jason, just it seems like defense just shoved under the rug. Oh, this guy can play defense. Oh, it's all about the offensive game nowadays. No, Kobe was an all-time defender on top of his offensive ability. That's why. And you say, oh, he had Shaq. Uh, wait, what would you say? You compared Westbrook to to Kobe post-Shaq, even though Kobe went to three straight finals with, yes, only Pau Gasol. No, Kobe's better. No, he had Lamar Odom and Bynum. Okay. Odom was so, underrated, yes, but still. Uh, here's the interesting thing, and this is going to shock you guys. So, Steph Curry usually only plays about 32 minutes a game. You can look at his stats. He's a 32-minute guy because usually they've been blowing teams out. Well, I looked at Kobe's stats. And he is a 38 to 40 minute a game guy. So it's apples to oranges stats wise, unless you go by per 36 minutes, which is what the stat heads do. It's an easier comparison. I said this to Chris Boussard and his head nearly exploded. I said, look at the per 36 numbers. Steph Curry offensively defeats Kobe Bryant. In the per 36 stats. Sure. I'll, and I'll admit Steph is a better offensive player than Kobe. Right. Sure. Which is crazy because Kobe was an offensive dynamo. Steph Curry, better shooter from the field, better shooter from three, better points per game, more assists, and rebounds, shockingly, you know, I, I thought Kobe would be a better rebounder. Rebounds are close. Kobe has him by a little bit. And then Kobe has him defensively, but <coughs> again, when it's all said and done, if Curry goes to three more finals, if let's say Curry goes five and two in the finals, how many rings does Kobe have? Five? Okay, let's say Curry wins five rings. Curry better offense, Kobe better defense. So who do you give the nod to? I'd still go Kobe, but I'll tell you this. If, if he rips off several more rings and gets the five rings and looks, you know, like Curry the whole way through, I'll tell you it's close. It's close. So you don't think it could be close? Uh, and he he needs at least, he needs at least five to do. To okay, do Curry is I think he just turned thirty because I follow him on social media. Yeah, he's, he's still young. Yeah, so Curry turned thirty. Assuming they don't blow up the Durant thing and Dur- Draymond doesn't leave and Clay stays, now Clay could go. There's no reason to think this team can't get to three more finals. He's thirty. Getting Kevin Durant. I do think just puts him down just a little, just a little bit. Okay, so why little. doesn't Shaq push Kobe down because a little? Because he did it without him. 
Curry came in. Okay, he did it twice without him. Curry got to two finals without Durant. Right, and they won seventy three games. Yes, and he had an amazing team and a great coach around him. Great coach. Curry never coached anywhere. He didn't have Phil Jackson. He's proven he's a great he's, coach. Well, with Steph Curry, I'd like to see Steve Kerr go somewhere else and see what he can okay, do. Okay, Phil had MJ, Kobe, Shaq. I mean, a lot of a lot of great coaches. Wow. They got good Wait, players. Are we, are we denigrating? No, I'm not trying to compare. Okay. I'm just saying. Interesting. I, again, I'm of I'm 100 confident Curry will end up a better player than Kobe. So, but so I know it's subjective. 10. So so Curry will easily be a top ten player at the end of his career. Thousand percent. Wow. All right. I mean, injuries pending, but Kevin Durant will be top 10 too, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, hey, like, that's a tough list. Who are you, Charles Jason, Barkley? That's a tough list to crack, man. All right, coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, we're going to bat around some NBA questions. I've also got an awesome Jason Witten story for you. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, we begin in the NBA playoffs Friday night where the New Orleans Pelicans trounced the world champion Warriors 119-100 to in Game 3 of the West Semis. Steve Kerr's team still leads the series two games to one, but... They brought the necessary force to the game. This is a team that just swept Portland in round one and on their home floor down 2-0. This is kind of what you expect, so... I just applaud them and uh, give them the credit that they deserve, and we got to come back and play better on Sunday. Also Friday night, the Houston Rockets went up two games to one over the Jazz with a 113-92 victory at Utah. In Major League Baseball Friday night, in a game played at Monterey, Mexico, Dodgers rookie Walker Bueller and three relievers combined for some history against the Padres. Here comes the pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. A no-hitter. The 26th no-hitter in Dodger history. The first combined no-hitter. And tonight, four for the price of one. Charlie Snyder, the call on AM570 LA Sports. Meanwhile, in Seattle, Albert Pujols, a Hall of Fame milestone for the Angels. 1-0 pitch. There's a flare out to right field, and there it is. Hit number 3,000 for Albert Pujols. The call on Fox Sports West as the Angels won it over the M's 5-0. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So we've been doing some NBA this hour just because, like, Honestly, the playoffs have been so bad. The summer storylines are more interesting, right? Are they not, Nick? I mean, Paul yes. George is going to test the market. He's obviously leaving OKC. Kawhi Leonard versus the Spurs. LeBron's a free agent. We, uh, I don't know if I should put Anthony Davis in this category because they won a round in the playoffs. But again, uh, we DeMarcus Cousins, right, coming off the Achilles. He ain't playing next year until the All-Star break. A lot of uncertainty, but that's what makes the NBA so fun. So I thought I'd mix it up this week, and I'd I'd let Nick, our big NBA fan slash, a.k.a. Tinder Nick, fire off a couple NBA questions, and we'll bat them around for a few minutes before I get to this Jason Witten story. you got to stick around for the Jason Witten story. It's incredible. So, Nick, why don't you get it started? NBA, nothing's off limits. Fire away. All right, Jason. So I got to start here because it seems like in the media, especially that four-letter other network, 
kind of dismissed that Ben Simmons guy having only one freaking point the other game. So, Jason, now that Donovan Mitchell's looking great in the playoffs, and Simmons, he's looking good, except for that one garbage game. I know you said earlier that Simmons is the rookie of the year. Has this changed at all based on the playoffs? You know, listen, Mitchell has not been good the last two games. Right. Not great. He's been incredible. How about this? Not, Not to go too off track, I would start my team now with Donovan Mitchell over Russell Westbrook in a heartbeat. Sure. I mean, he's a lot younger, so maybe that's unfair, but... I'm going to say no because I'm a body of work guy. Um, Mitchell and the Jazz were 18 and 29 at one point. Then they turned it around. Ben Simmons has been consistently awesome. I think he's better than Embiid. I think he's had a better year than Embiid. So as much as I love Spider Mitchell, I do want a Donovan Mitchell jersey, by the way. Uh, I'm going to go Ben Simmons, still rookie of the year. Part two, real quick part two, better career. I know it's early, obviously, but better career, what you see now. Yeah, it's just tough for me to go against a 6'10 point guard. I mean, those guys don't come around every— I mean, he's got the body of Magic Johnson. You know, Donovan Mitchell is a shooting guard. He's dynamic. He's a great finisher. hes I think he's Dwayne Wade-ish, but I think Magic Johnson had a higher ceiling than Wade. Finished a better career, so I'm going to lean Simmons over— Mitchell for career. So far, the Celtics are impressing without without Kyrie Irving. So, Jason, so far, Brad Stevens is looking like the next best coach of the league if he's not already, right? Yeah, oh my God. There's some rumors floating around about Kawhi Leonard. If you put Kawhi Leonard on this Boston team, is it a done deal for the future? See, I, I know this is going to sound crazy. I would not make any trades if I were Danny Ainge. I would not blow this up at all. Anthony Davis if he came on the market, would be worth the discussion. But I don't think Kawhi Leonard is. I mean, he's coming off a major injury, according to him. Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Tatum, Brown, they haven't played one minute together. I mean, Hayward went down literally, what, 30 seconds into the season? So, I mean, this is a team that won 50 games. They're in the second round. They could go to the Eastern Conference Finals without their two best players. I mean, you're looking at a 60-win team next year if all these guys are back. I, I would not I, – I, I, and I know this is going to sound crazy because a lot of people love Kawhi Leonard. I, I, I don't want to bring that into the locker room now. And, and I, I got to figure out what's going on with this uncle of his who is driving the show. And I don't want to say he's driving Kawhi's career into the ditch, but – it's not a good look, right, to be listening to this outsider and feuding with the nice organization. Something's going on. I wouldn't take Ka- Kawhi if I'm the Celtics or the Lakers. I agree. I don't think they need him. As a Laker fan, I'm afraid because the Celtics look prime for the future. I'm nervous. Jason, last one real quick here. I know you talked about Anthony Davis. He's looking good so far. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, if it's he's next big guy, Giannis. Would you go for the future, Giannis or Anthony Davis for the future. I, I would ne- I've never gone Giannis. I, I mean like li- I like him, he's a monster. But Nick, let's be honest. Giannis is very limited. Like he's an awesome guy. He'll just overpower people inside, but Anthony Davis can step out and catch you. He's a monster defensively. He could be defensive player of the year. I go Anthony Davis, no doubt. And Jason, let's just say hypothetically, let's just say the Pelicans push the Warriors to seven. Let's just go off on that limb. Not happening, but okay. Right. Look, does he maybe approach that top three? You got LeBron, KD, 
Kawhi Harden. Stop! Stop with the Harden, Kawhi. He's, Harden, Kawhi Kawhi loses his spot in the top five. Wow, it's right. Kevin wow, Durant, five. Curry, LeBron, Harden, Anthony Davis. Did I miss anybody? No, yet. You know, obviously I have Westbrook. So, I love no? Westbrook. No, <laughs> I love Kyrie. I would take Kyrie over Westbrook. Ooh, well, hmm. wow. Um, I don't know if Damian Lillard's top five, but no. Damian Lillard's going to get MVP votes. He was tremendous. Um, yeah, I don't think we're missing anybody. Yeah, I, I, Anthony Davis top five uh, for sure. All right. All right, Nick, that was fun. All right, coming up next year on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, we finished the show with just an awesome story about Jason Witten. And uh, he retired from the Cowboys and the NFL. He's going to go to the announcing booth. He came out of his comfort zone, learned something about himself, and then became a Hall of Famer. That's next. Back here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. Man, it's been a fun show. Good to be back on the radio. I just wish the NBA playoffs were a little better. I mean, honestly, I am just terminally bored with these games. It's been rough. However, I do want to close the show with kind of a fun story. Okay, so you guys saw Jason Witten, legendary Cowboys tight end. He retired this week. He's going to go to the announcing booth. Uh, Ramifications for the Cowboys. Listen. You lose Des Bryant, you lose Jason Witten. Those were those were two guys you could rely on. I know Des Bryant has fallen off a little bit, and Witten's slow and old, but they were reliable. I mean, Witten, you could just bank him for 40, 50, 60 catches a year. Losing him's going to be big. Uh, Dak, you know, he's going to have a lot of new faces in there. They might have to wear name tags at the beginning of the season. Alan Hearns, the kid they got from uh, Colorado State's pretty good in the draft. I don't know about Tavon Austin. Listen to this. If if Sean McVay, a, an offensive genius, can't figure out what to do with Tavon Austin, do you have a lot of faith in Jason Garrett and the Cowboys? I mean, I can't. Tavon Austin, I still can't believe he was like a top 10 pick in the draft. But dynamic player, just you don't know what to do with him. I mean, maybe the Chiefs, what they're doing with Tyreek Hill should be a blueprint for Tavon Austin, but we'll see in Dallas. But what I love about the Jason Witten story is that he came out of his comfort zone and became a tight end. I don't know if you guys are aware of his uh, backstory. I I did some research on it, some reading last night. It's phenomenal. So Jason Witten is from like a small town in the sticks in Tennessee. Uh, He was an all-state linebacker in high school. And he played tight end also. He was set on being a defensive end at the University of Tennessee. He was dead set, I'm playing defensive end. He so much so that when Phil Fulmer recruited Witten to Tennessee, Witten said, I'm not playing tight end. I only want to play defensive end. And Phil Fulmer said, Fine, tight end it is. So what happens like a month into the season? Injuries happen at tight end. Phil Fulmer goes to Jason Witten and says, Witten, hey man, I need you to take one for the team. I need you to uh we need you at tight end. And Jason Witten's like, man, no way. And as the story goes, Jason Witten was so angry with Philip Fulmer, he went back to his room, his dorm room, told all his, his teammates, man, I'm transferring. Bleep this bleep. I'm out of here. But Fulmer, and I didn't realize Phil Fulmer was this smart. Um, Phil Fulmer admitted this, this was his game plan all along. He knew that Witten had come to Tennessee in part because 
Jason Witten's girlfriend, who is now his wife, was at the University of Tennessee. He knew Witten was a good defensive end, but man, this guy could be a superstar tight end. So he plays tight end reluctantly, Jason Witten does, comes out of his comfort zone. Okay, we don't like to come out of our comfort zone. Witten comes out of his, plays tight end. You know, in his first year, I think he, you know, caught one pass. And in his second year, he has 28 catches. Now, his third year, at this point, Jason Witten sold fine. I'm a tight end. He, like, set school records for becoming a tight end 49 catches, five touchdowns. He was so good at tight end. This is a guy who wanted nothing to do with the position three years earlier that Jason Witten becomes a third-round pick of the Cowboys. Leaves early. Came in the same year that Tony Romo did. Jason Witten was a 20-year-old rookie. Again, this is a guy who three years earlier wanted nothing to do with being a tight end. And as a rookie with the Cowboys, 35 catches. You know Tony, you know, Tony Romo and Jason Witten were like buddies, obviously, because they came in at the same time. Romo missed a lot of games. He was injury prone. Jason Witten missed one game in his entire career. I, I just love this story. The guy doesn't want to be a tight end. He's dead set on being a defensive end. They make him a tight end, and he becomes a superstar. Missed one game in his career due to a broken jaw. That's it. Broken jaws usually you're out three, four, five weeks. Witten plays through it, and Bill Parcells identified it instantly. He's like, dude, this guy's tough. In Jason Witten's second year in the NFL, he led the NFC with 87 catches. I mean, how good is this story? Folks, again, in life, we deal with this a lot. Man, I don't want to have to come out of my comfort zone. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to do that when I, I'm really good at doing this. Well, you think that, but in sometimes in life, you know, you get these curveballs and you're like, should I do it? And Nah, try it, okay? This Jason Witten story, honestly, this I just love everything about this. And I had told a story previously about uh, comfort zones. There's some biblical themes to it. I don't want to get too biblical on you. I'm not a Bible scholar by any stretch. I just know a few stories. And, you know, I, I was given the opportunity. I was living in Pennsylvania, right outside Philadelphia, actually between Philadelphia and New York, you know, about three years ago. And FS1 had approached me and said, hey, you want to come out and, you know, we're starting just changing some things up at FS1 and we, we want you to try out, you know. And I come out and I tried out with a bunch of dudes. Um, Nick Wright was one of the guys who tried out. Kyle Brandt was one of the guys who tried out. They both are on shows now. And it was one of those situations where, you know, they give you the offer and you're like, all right. I mean, I got it really good here in Pennsylvania, you know. I'm running a website. I got I got little kids. I got a pool in the backyard. I don't really have a ton of responsibility outside of running the website. I've got it good. And 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 I was forced with do you want to come out of your comfort zone and take a chance on this TV thing? And you know what? We're one month away from the two year mark and I couldn't be happier with the decision. I mean, sometimes in life you got to come out of that comfort zone. And now, you know, obviously I'm working a lot harder. I got the radio show here. Saturdays, I'm doing the TV show. I still have the website. But leaving the comfort zone is something a lot of people don't want to do. I mean, we see this all the time in sports. 
I mean, how many times have you heard LeBron did not want to go to the low post? He did not want to develop that rough game where he was playing the power forward or even the five and post up. He just didn't want to do that. LeBron is awesome in the low post now. Go ask the Toronto Raptors about that. Chris Bosh left the Raptors where he was a 24-11 and 11 guy. Out of his comfort zone to Miami where he was going to be a distant third. He was going from an alpha to a number three. And LeBron and Dwayne Wade said, we need you to stand over there in the corner and make some threes and play defense. And he's like, all right. Chris Bosh came out of his comfort zone. And he wins two rings, I believe. And Chris Bosh, you know, is now retired with two rings. If he doesn't leave his comfort zone in Toronto to take a step back, he don't ring two rings. He's not winning two rings in Toronto, that's for sure. So, folks, in life, remember, come out of your comfort zone. It's good. Take a chance. Thank you to Nick, uh, the music man, Danny G earlier, Eric filling in for uh, Rob. Great job producing. Coming up next, Mr. Hartman and Brady Papinga. I think they're talking Padres. Interesting Padres story. Talk to you later. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.